Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Ezekiel chapter number 48, verse number 14, it states, And they, speaking of the Levites, the priests, shall not sell or exchange any of it. This is the land, the inheritance that they've been given. They may not alienate the best part, this best part of the land, for it is holy to the Lord. For it is holy to the Lord. And for the next few moments, I just want to preach to you about keeping the holy ground. Keeping the holy ground. And if you are excited about what God is doing, let me just hear you say amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but... um, Sometimes in life, it is very uh, easy to want to keep things. And all the hoarders look straight ahead, but all of us who sometimes just keep things for no reason, um, I mean, man, I've got, a, um, I've got a baseball from when I went to a game when I was a kid. It does me no good. It looks cool, but it does me no good. I don't know why I keep it, but I do. Um, and there are sometimes, and I mean, I, I wish I could say that I caught the ball. So it's not even like it's got sentimental value. It's not like I outjumped everybody to catch this home run ball or this foul ball. In fact, it was, uh, I was watching the Orioles play the Yankees in uh, Camden Yards. And uh, one of the bullpen pitchers who went on to play for the Royals, I believe he won a World, World Series with the Royals, saw me standing there. There was nobody else around. And we were just kind of talking. And he said, uh, you know, he's like, do you want a ball? And I'm like, absolutely, man. Of course I do. And so later that day, everybody sees me with a ball. They're like, man, did you catch a home run? And I'm like, sadly had to tell them, no, I just happened to be here during batting practice. And there was a guy that just felt bad for me. And it wasn't like I was a kid at the time either. If the Royals won the World Series just a few years ago, you can imagine this was just a few years ago. So I, but I keep this ball for no reason. I don't know why. It has no sentimental value aside from the fact that it says MLB and it's got some scuff marks on it. But there are times in our lives where we keep things. We keep moments. We keep memories to the best of our ability. And if you aren't writing down things that are important, start writing those down. Start journaling those. Because I've I've realized that as I get older, uh, the memory of an elephant that I once had is not quite as strong as it used to be. So I write these things down. But there are certain times in our walk with God where we've just got to keep the promises of God. We've got to keep the holy things of God. We've got to keep the word of God. We've got to keep our walk with God. And we see throughout the Bible it's laced with telling the children, it's laced in the Old Testament with telling the children of Israel to remember these things, to set in place certain monuments so that they could tell for generations. And what they were doing was telling of the inheritance, telling of the stories, telling of the miracles, telling of the signs and the wonders. And through the New Testament we see that Jesus tells them and he continues to tell them and they continue as the disciples on, they begin to write these things down that Jesus said and they begin to tell us so that we can live our life of what must we do to be saved imagine if they left that part out of the bible but thankfully they didn't but we keep the things that are holy and that matter 
to our lives. We keep the word of God. We keep the word hidden in our heart. We keep things. We keep our principles. We keep separation and holiness. We keep all of those things that are important. But we see that this day has come where the Levites are to receive their inheritance. They are to receive the promise that was given to them. And I felt this in the Holy Ghost as I was preparing for this word tonight, that there are some of us that have received promises. And we've been praying, we've been asking, and we've been seeking God, and we've been waiting for door after door to open, and it seems like door after door has been shut. But I have just come tonight to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost that God is getting ready to open doors that have seemed closed for a long time. God is getting ready to answer prayers that have been prayed or seemed dormant for a long time. Promises that have seemed dead, God is getting ready to fulfill. You see, this had been promised to the Levites that they would get this land, that they would be receiving of this. But there was one small caveat. You could not sell it. You could not get rid of it. You couldn't do anything with it except live in your inheritance. And I don't know about you, but it's good enough for me to live in the inheritance of God. You see, I don't need to go any to the left. I don't need to go into the right. If the Lord said live in the center, I want to live in the center. Why? Because when you live in the Lord's inheritance, there is things that the enemy will try to do. He will try to take away. But when you live in the Lord's inheritance, you're on God's economy. You can sit there and say, no matter what weapon is formed against me, it shall not prosper because I'm living in the Lord's inheritance in my life. You see, there was this caveat, we must stay. We must stay where we belong. The holy ground was theirs, but it belonged to God. You see, when we learn in life that everything that we've got belongs to him, it makes our life a whole lot easier. It makes everything a whole lot easier. It makes giving a whole lot easier. It makes sacrificing a whole lot easier. Why? Because you know that if everything belongs to him, he is going to take care of his people. So we see that this caveat was that they must stay on the holy ground. And so here we see that the Levites, throughout history, it tells us that they could not move a rock. They could not do anything that was not on their land. And so what would happen from time to time, as history tells us, and rabbinical history would tell us, is that there are times that are documented where somebody would begin to slowly move a rock one way so that the Levites' land would either become theirs so that they could receive a blessing or that it would expand their land. But the Levites were instructed not to move or not to sell, but to stay exactly where they were. And you see, the world that we live in, the enemy would try his very best to get us to move from our inheritance. You see, our inheritance is not here on earth. But our inheritance is when that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall join them in the sky to be with the Lord forever. 
But while we're living here on earth, the enemy will try to sway us one way or the other. He will try to get us to move with emotions or things that are happening in the world. But I have come simply to just remind somebody tonight that it is time to just say I'm keeping the holy ground and I'm keeping my inheritance. I'm staying exactly where God has placed me and I'm not moving. The world may be on fire, but you know what? I've read the back of the book and I know who wins. I know that if I stand on my inheritance, I know that if I stand fast, that God will reward in the next wife. You see, we don't have any reason to fear. We don't have any reason to doubt. We don't have any reason to be troubled by the things of this world because as pastor preached on Sunday, my heart doesn't have to be weighed down because I know what I believed. I know that in this book are promises for me and my family and that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when we decide that we're going to stand in our inheritance, that we're going to keep the holy ground, that when we're going to stand exactly where God has placed us, that it does not matter what the world is doing, that we have a promise of what God has in store for the church. Woo. Throughout the Bible, we see inheritance laced throughout. Jacob wanted the first birthright, and he swindled Esau out of it. We know that story. It was the prodigal son who wanted his inheritance and blew it on the world. He sold everything that he knew. He got rid of every holy thing, and he said, I'm just going to go enjoy the world. Oh, but when he came back, there was a party waiting for him. What somebody needs to understand is this, that it doesn't matter what the enemy has tried to lie to you and try to get you to doubt, but if you stand on the promises, if you stand on your inheritance and say, I'm not leaving the holy ground, others may leave, but I'm still standing. Family may mock you, but I'm still standing. I don't know what the world may do, but I'm still standing. And then all of a sudden, God says, that's somebody that I can trust. That's somebody that I can bless. And when we stand on the holy ground and keep it, there's nothing quite like it. You see, the Levites, they were the priests. They were the ones who went before the Lord for the sins of the people. The Old Testament tells us that it would be that we were all priests. You see, but in the New Testament, there came this man, Jesus. And he ripped the veil, and it was torn. We didn't have to go before man anymore to confess our sins and go, but we could rather go into the Holy of Holies. And the Bible states later on in the New Testament that you could approach the throne boldly. You see, when you stand in your inheritance and when you keep the holy ground, you can approach the throne boldly. And I don't know about you, but I've had some times in my life where I've had to approach that throne pretty boldly. And I've said, you know what, I've looked at my life and everything seems to be going right at times. And then there are times where it was all going wrong. But you want to know what kept me? It was standing and keeping the holy ground. You want to know what it kept me when it seemed like all my friends left the church? It was standing and keeping the holy ground. You want to know what kept me when it seemed like I didn't know where to turn? And if we didn't have a miracle, God, we didn't know what we were going to do. But when I kept and stood on the holy ground, I said, God, I'm standing on my promises. I'm standing where you've called me. I'm standing exactly where you've placed me, God, then we can see God work. When we keep the holy ground, we can see supernatural things. You see, it was Jesus who came and he died on the cross. But then in Acts 1 and 8, it states, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We have been given power. But the caveat is we've got to stay and keep the holy ground. We've got to keep the holy ground 
Because when we keep the holy ground, we've got power. That power then transforms us. And then in Hebrews 4 and 16, it states, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. So we receive the power. We can go to the throne boldly. But what I love is this is that the requirement that's placed on us in the New Testament is, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. You see, when we keep the holy ground, it's so much more than just being holy and so much more than just living a sacrificial life. But the, 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 the win here is this, is that we, it's our reasonable service because when we're not conformed to the world, we can transform the world. And I love how the Bible works because the Bible gives us the blueprint for how we're going to live an overcoming lifestyle. It lives and gives us the blueprint on how to keep the holy ground. You see, when we get this thing and when we're baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost and if you've not been baptized and you've not repented of your sins tonight and you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost we've got water and you can be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight that's the gospel the good news the great news and so we see that through this holy ground that there are great things that happen and when we keep and when we decide that we are going to stay exactly where God has called us when Everything seems to be turned upside down. There are great things that happen. And so in my life, there were moments in my life where I had to decide on whether or not I was going to stay and keep or whether I was going to sell the holy ground. And if you've been in church for any period of time, you've probably had an encounter where you've also decided that this is what I am going to do at all costs. And I'll never forget in high school... I had friends, we had a, a youth group and everything was going on and I remember it seemed like one after another out of the youth group was just leaving. I could not understand it, I could not grasp it. But I remember I stood there and I said, am I going to just be one of those that just walk away from what I know to be true, from this, this great work, what I knew how to live my lifestyle. There was an encounter with Jesus in my life that changed my destiny forever. And I'll never forget it. It was actually at a youth congress service. And afterwards, we were walking back to the hotel. And I'd had friends recently just walk away right before youth congress. And I was devastated. And I was talking to somebody. And I sat there on the side, on the, on the ground, outside the hotel, just talking to this person. And I said, I, I, it's, it, it would be really easy to walk away right now because everybody else is doing it. And it's hard when kids you've grown up with and people that you've spent time with that you've invested in, they've invested in you, just decide to leave. And for what I thought, and in my mind it still doesn't make sense, but it was, I couldn't rationalize it as a, as a high school. But I'll never forget sitting there on that curb. And I said, God, I said, every promise that you've given me, every word that's been spoken over me, I said, I know them. I pray them, and I believe them. And I said, God, I'm committing to you that I'm keeping the holy ground. You see, 
when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. Will raise up a standard. But if we walk out in front of that standard, what good is the standard? And if we sometimes get in these moments and these times in our relationship with God where the enemy is trying to pull us one way through family or whatever it is in your life, and you may, you may say, well, Nathan, I, I'm good. I've made up my mind, and I'm so thankful for that. But I just want to encourage somebody tonight that when you stand exactly where God has placed you on the holy ground, you open the supernatural door for blessings and for things that you've never thought possible. You see, when I made up my mind that night that I was going to stand on the holy ground and I was going to do whatever it took to keep it, sure, there were times in my life where I had questions, where I had doubts, but you know what I went back to and said, I'm keeping the holy ground. I'm not letting go of what I have been given. You see, what I have been given, somebody else sacrificed for. What I have been given, Jesus died on Calvary for, gave for. And what I have been given is something far greater than I could imagine. And as I made it up in my mind to keep the holy ground, I realized the value of the church. You see, when you keep the holy ground, you realize that the church can do a lot of things for you. You see, when I realized how great the holy ground was and I realized just how great it was to be a child of God when everybody else was walking away and they were saying that this happened or that happened, I said, you know what, it was the church that was there that prayed for me when I was sick and I was miraculously healed. It was the church that was there that prayed for my family and they were saved. And you know what, it was this, it was the church that allowed my father to walk into an apostolic church and be filled with the Holy Ghost. It was the church that allowed somebody to Reach out to somebody and say, you might be in contact with Jesus. You see, when I kept the holy ground, I realized the value of the church. But when I realized the value of the church and I kept the holy ground, I realized just how great this God that we serve is. You see, when you come in alignment with him on the holy ground and you say, God, I'm not selling, I'm not moving, And God, I understand just how important the church is and what the church is trying to do and the mission of the church. You know what? Then all of a sudden, things that you've got no business experience and begin to happen to you. It was right after we first moved here. I had lunch with Pastor Justin. And it was just a simple conversation at Jason's Deli. And he showed me how to make a fantastic ice cream cone at Jason's Deli. I don't know if you remember that, Pastor. He saw my ice cream cone and he goes, wow. He's like, let me show you how to make one. And it was fantastic. I am a disaster when it comes to ice cream cones, just for the record. So he was every right. And now to this day, whenever I eat at Jason's Deli, my ice cream cones are fantastic. So thank you, Pastor Justin. But he began to speak things over my life that up until this moment in my life had never been spoken over my life. And I, I, I sat there. I didn't, I didn't know what to say. Nobody had ever said these things to me. I just sat there. I was like, goodness, what, what do I say? How do I respond? But as he spoke these things over my life, because I came in alignment with not selling but keeping the holy ground, got into alignment with the church like never before, then the doors began to open to things that I've never seen before. You see, the Levites and the priests, they had this promise that if they kept it, God would keep them. God would be with them every step of the way. But they had to keep the holy ground. And after that lunch, after that meeting, 
Things began to happen in my life that I've never had happen before. Supernatural things, spiritual things. And all of a sudden, what God began to impress upon me was this. Is that when you come into alignment with where I've called you, the holy ground. Get into alignment with spiritual authority in the church. Doors begin to open supernaturally, supernaturally, supernaturally. And in my life, I'm a living testimony of what it looks like when you say I'm keeping everything in that word. You see, because the enemy in this last day, in this last age, Oh, he's trying hard to pull for some of us. He's trying hard to get us out of alignment. He's saying, you know what? If you could just sell a little bit of the holy ground. I've got great things, but God is saying, if you just stay exactly where I've called you. Whew. You want to see financial miracles in your life? You keep the holy ground. You want to see God do great and mighty things in your lost, in your backslidden family? You keep the holy ground. What am I saying tonight? I've just come to encourage somebody tonight that when you keep the holy ground, you start to get blessings that you've got no business receiving. And when you start to get blessings that you've got no business receiving, all of a sudden the testimonies start to flow and somebody says, how on earth did you get that? How on earth did you get this job or this raise? And you can say, I kept the holy ground. Let me introduce you to who Jesus is. When you get an alignment with Jesus, something begins to happen. And Jesus tells the disciples, he says, listen, you're going to see great, you're going to see mighty things. And they begin to see great and mighty things. Why? Because they kept the holy ground. You see, for them, it wasn't a physical location anymore as they left. It was their heart. It was their mind. And it's the same with us tonight. There is not a physical tabernacle that you go into while we have the church here, yes, but when you're at home and you're praying, it's between you and God and our bodies, the way we talk, the way we interact with God. And what Jesus was telling them was, when you begin to maintain the relationship, oh, man, I can open the door to great and mighty things. You see, there are testimonies that we could talk about for days in this room. There are some of us that have seen cancers disappeared overnight. There are some of us that have seen blinded eyes open. There are those of us in this room that have seen devils cast out. And there are, we could go through the list of every single thing in the New Testament. We've probably seen it combined in this room. But when we keep the holy ground, it's not reserved for just somebody else. It becomes a part of your life and a part of your story. See, I believe that we're just one testimony away from something supernatural happening in Kansas City. I don't know what it'll take. I don't know what that'll look like. Maybe somebody will see the dead raised. But you know what? It's going to come when somebody said, I'm standing and I'm keeping everything and every promise. See, this thing's wrapping up quick, folks. And if we've got a lot of promises that God's still got outstanding. There's a lot of promises that have to be fulfilled. Prophecy is being fulfilled right in front of our eyes. But I'm not worried. If anything, I'm excited. Because I know shortly soon there's going to be a trumpet that sounds. And I know that my inheritance is just going to be on the other side with those that have gone on before us. When we keep the holy ground, whoo, we have got an eternal reward that's awaiting for us. Some musicians come tonight. See, there's 
keeping the holy ground. The enemy would try his best to discourage you, to cause you to fear, to get you to worry, to whether or not God could, God would, or he will even hear you. And there are times in your life where you wonder if God hears you. Like in high school when I prayed that God would help me pass that history test, I don't think God heard me. And if he did hear me, I don't think he helped me. (laughs) But the enemy, who is the master of lies and deception, would try to use every tactic that is known to man to try and get you to sell just a little bit of the Holy Ground. But the reason that we don't is because it is holy to the Lord. And when we present a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable, there are blessings that begin to happen. I don't know about you, but I want to live in the blessings of God. I want to live in the blessings of God. I don't want to live outside of God's blessings or outside of God's will. But I want to live in his blessings. And as we think over our lives, and if you were to just close your eyes for 15 to 20 seconds, you could probably think of a word or a promise that you've been holding on to. Perhaps a door that you're waiting to open, waiting for God to open. And if you were just sitting there tonight, you'd say, God, I, I, I'm, I'm holding and I'm keeping the holy ground, God, but I've still, I still need you to move. I still need you to answer. I still need you to open. Some of us are still waiting on healing. Some of us are still waiting on emotional healing, spiritual healing, physical healing. Some of us are still waiting for that job that we've heard prophetic word after prophetic word to open. Some of us are still waiting for that financial miracle from finishing strong. And we're sitting there, we're saying, God, I've, I've, I've kept the holy ground, but God, where are you? And the enemy would try his best to get you to say that God has heard your prayers, but he's not answering them. But I've just come to remind somebody tonight that when you keep the holy ground, you're safe to inherit, you're safe to inherit the promises of God. When you keep and say, God, I'm standing on the word of God, I'm standing on the promises of God, and everything that you've promised, God, regardless of where the world is, regardless of what's going on, I'm standing, God. You qualify yourself to receive the promises of God. You see, God looks down and he sees his children. He knows exactly where we're at. And just because his answer may not come right when we think it is, that old old song we used to sing, he's an on-time God. He's never been late. He is always on time. And when we keep the holy ground, all of a sudden, you open the door for things in your life to stand at the blessings and the favor of God. As we stand this evening, you see, there are moments in our lives where we could pinpoint nights, services, 
times of day that we felt God speak to us, that we felt God work and do something special in us. But tonight I believe that God wants to restore someone's faith to believe that because you've stood, God is going to answer your, your prayers. Because you've stood, that he's getting ready to open the doors that have been promised to you. Because you've stood and you've said, God, I've done all I know how to do. But you just keep standing and you've kept the holy ground. God's getting ready to open the windows of heaven in your life. I just feel in the Holy Ghost and I know what I'm talking about because God's done it in my life. That I just feel tonight in the Holy Ghost that there are about to be financial miracles in this church and I feel that God's getting ready to open the windows of heaven for some of us that all we've done is kept the holy ground. The enemy has come up one side and down the other and we have faced literally the devil everywhere we've gone. But you've stood when you've done all you know how to do and you've said, God, all I know how to do is just keep standing. God is getting ready to open the windows tonight. There are going to be miracles that happen because you've stood and you've kept the holy ground. And because you've stood when everybody else has turned away in your family, they've walked away and you've faced ridicule and you've faced those that have tormented you and the enemy has even tormented you saying you they've walked away what job did you do but I have come to remind somebody tonight that because you've stood God is getting ready to restore things in your life that seem dead so right now all across this room if we could let's just lift our hands to the Lord before we open this altar God, you gave us a word on Sunday that your joy and that your peace is returning to your people. And Lord, right now, you see every single person here that has stood and they've done all they know how to do. And so, Lord, right now, as we open these altars, God, I pray that you would begin to restore faith to those that have stood, God. God, I pray that you would begin to open the windows of heaven to the supernatural, God, to financial blessings and financial miracles like never before, oh God. These altars are open. If you want to hold on to the promises and keep the holy ground, I want you to come forward. We're going to release the word of faith in just a moment. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. That song we sang earlier says the best is yet to come. And the enemy would try to convince you that the best days of your life and your walk with God are behind you. But I firmly believe tonight on the Holy Ghost that God is getting ready to give you the best days in your ministry, getting ready to give you the best days in your job, getting ready to give you the best days in your marriage, getting ready to give you the best days in your walk and your relationship with God. Praise God. So if you have a need in your body, you have a need that you've been waiting for, whether it's financial, whether it's job, whatever it is, I want you to just lift your hands to heaven right now. 
If you have got a promise that you are holding on to and you're just saying, God, I've stood. I don't know what else to do, but I'm standing. I want you to just lift your hands to the Lord right now. We're going to release the word of faith. And when I say in Jesus' name, I just want you to shout hallelujah and act like it's already done. Right now, by the authority of the word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, we loose the working of miracles. God, we loose financial blessing. God, we loose victory in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.